Good Morning Liberty. Well, what is going on, all of our Liberty-loving acquaintances? Welcome back to another <laughs> mediocre episode of Good Morning Liberty. I'm one of the hosts here, Chuck Thompson, with me as always, Mr. Nathaniel Paul Thurston. What's up, man? How's you it going? You don't let me do the intro anymore. Yeah, because, you know, you get too excited and, and you, don't want you to, talk about it being great and all that. You don't want me to be excited. No. I got you. No, because I want people to stop listening. You don't want me to pump people up and talk Every about time how we're all friends. listen to this show, I want it to be their last episode. You know? <laughs> That's great. You know? It's been nice talking to everyone. Exactly. It's great that our, our lives cross paths. Right now. Exactly. Yeah. Something mm-hmm. like that. Just mm-hmm. like that. It's Monday, Charlie. It's <laughs> late in the day on Monday. I've been hanging out here at your house in this uncomfortable chair uh, almost the entire day today. Yeah. And I've been working on videos and stuff. <laughs> I've even got stuff for tomorrow's episode and prepped your leg up right now. Hurts. My leg hurts. Smells funny. And the dogs mm-hmm. been bothering with it. That's what it's like hanging out at your house pretty mm-hmm. much all the time. We're hanging out because we're going to watch the uh, Cowboys game tonight. And that way we can both hang out together in our depression. You know what's you know what's worse than being sad? What's that? Being alone and mm. being sad. True. So that way we can share in our so depression. Tonight we will be alone together. <laughs> All right. This is Good Morning Liberty. We talk about life, liberty, and the pursuit of meaning every single mother trucking day of the week. Thanks for listening to the last episode. When we want to. This is today's last episode. All right. And uh, uh, some stuff happened over the weekend. As usual, the the new season of war started last week. Stuff and, happened. Uh, yeah. It's better than the first season of war, you know. Uh, but this this new season has Israel versus Hamas. And so we're watching that right now. And it looks like Gaza in pretty bad shape. Okay. But if you want to start like a contracting business or something, home builders. That's who you really want to invest in over mm. there. It looks bad. I know I'm making fun of it right now, but it's actually really terrible. It's not good. A lot of people losing their lives. And of course, everyone's giving their opinions on this. We gave a lot of opinions on this last week already. I don't really have any new opinions on this. But I did see over the weekend on Saturday Night Live, Pete Davidson did a little intro for SNL and gave what I thought was a nice intro, you know, talking about how terrible it is and you know, prayers for all the innocent people that are caught up between everything. I thought it was nice. I turned on Ben Shapiro's show today because that's how bored I was. And I heard him talking about Pete Davidson intro, Davidson's intro. And uh, he was very upset about it. You see, he, and I'm just going to use him as an example, but there's a lot of people like this. He's maybe one of the most outspoken because of he, has, he has a large audience. You, you, you're... You really can't even talk about how you feel bad for all of the innocent people being killed in Gaza right now without being like a Hamas sympathizer or an Israel hater when it comes uh, to, to his position on the matter. And that's just something that I don't really agree with. I think that you can be sad that innocent people are dying and not even have to talk about what side of a border they live on or what the people who governed them did that was wrong and whether or not they deserve it because of what their government did to someone else. See, Hamas has actually elected leadership in Palestine back in 2006. That's when they had the election. I tweeted out today. Even though Palestine's not really a country. (laughs) I heard uh, Ron DeSantis said something like, well, let's not forget that Palestine elected Hamas as their leadership. And so that's what you're supposed to say when you talk about people in Gaza dying or or Gaza elected Hamas as their leadership, as if this is the one election, by the way, that was safe and secure, completely indisputable. No mail-in ballots. There's no no possible way that it was messed with whatsoever. This is the the cleanest Middle Eastern election that there's ever been. Yeah. And it was in 2006. That Mm -hmm. was the last time that there was an election. I'm not, I'm not trying to say that everyone over there is innocent or Israel shouldn't fight back. Israel shouldn't defend themselves. I just get annoyed when people say things like we can question elections all over the place. Like, Oh, I bet you there was something funny going on there. I bet there's something funny going on there. When it comes to this and you're talking about thousands of, civilians dying you're like oh well they elected hamas did they you know i'm sure i'm sure there's a, a lot of support 
What's the justification for, for the attack? You know? So, what attack? Yeah, for launching 3,000 oh, rockets yeah. and par- paragliding and... Paragliding. Yeah, paragliding. Not parasailing. It's hard yeah. to hold a gun when you're parasailing. Mm-hmm. Trust me. Yeah. So, I want to I wanna play um, Ben Shapiro's response to uh, Pete Davidson, and you'll hear some of uh, Pete's, Pistol Pete, as I call him, some of his intro for SNL in this clip. Roll clip one, producer. Our moral exemplars, our moral elite, they're completely disconnected from the American people and from reality. And they break down into basically two categories. One are the stupid, and two are the, are the cynical pro-Hamas. And they're not the same category. I'm not going to suggest, for example, that Pete Davidson on SNL is pro-Hamas. He's not. He's just a typical Hollywood idiot. Right? He's somebody who has reverted to all situations are the same. All morality is the same. I can't take sides here. I can't, I can't. Now, let, let's be real about this. Everyone should be mourning right now. Civilians murdered in Israel for the crime of being Jews. And members of the civilian population in Gaza who are murdered by Hamas. Okay, it is a Hamas murder. When you hide a child in front of your guns while you shoot at other people and the child dies in the crossfire, that is your problem. When I say your problem, I mean your moral problem. It's everybody's problem, but it's your fault. What's amazing is how unable they are to make actual moral distinctions, like basic moral distinctions between the murdered and the people who are attempting to defend themselves. Well, that's what you got on SNL. And you saw so many. So So first off, what I'll say is I'm not attempting to make any moral distinction between the murdered and people trying to defend themselves. I'm saying that in both situations, the child didn't deserve to die. And it's sad that the child died, Mm -hmm. you know? I don't think the kid knew that it was in Israel getting killed by a terrorist versus the kid that was being held by a Hamas terrorist and getting shot. You know, those or are the kid ki- that had are, a bomb dropped yeah. in his bedroom. Yeah. Those her are bedroom. those are kids that died. There's your moral equivalence of it's sad when kids die. That's that's it. It's sad it's, when anyone yeah. dies, but especially kids. And I think that that should be avoided at all costs and well, we'll play a little bit more of the clip and we'll talk just a, a bit more about this. Many people in the in the Twitterverse, the moral relativists, immediately, oh, isn't this so nice? Isn't this so nice? Because everyone is your moral apathy. And that's what it amounts to. Sympathy that is equally distributed between Hamas and Israel amounts to a moral apathy that is effective for Hamas. What Hamas would like is for you to be morally apathetic about the situation and for you to, for you to basically throw up your hands and say, too complicated, don't know. Okay, this is not particularly complicated. The side that murders babies in their beds for the crime of being babies, that's the bad guys. Here was Pete Davidson on SNL, both sizing this thing. This week, we saw the horrible images and stories from Israel and Gaza. And I know what you're thinking. Who better to comment on it than Pete Davidson? (laughs) Well, uh, in a lot of ways, uh, I am a good person to talk about it because when I was seven years old, uh, my dad was killed in a terrorist attack. So... I know something about what that's like. Um, I saw so many terrible pictures this week of children suffering, uh, Israeli children and Palestinian children. When Pete Davidson's statement on this thing is basically suffering is bad. Yeah, we, we're, we are in agreement. We are in agreement. But suffering is bad is not a moral message. And unfortunately, that is the side that's taken up by so many of our moral sophisticates. What I'm saying is that when the, the focus of what obviously is a moral conflict becomes not the actual moral conflict between one side that is evil and one side that wishes to preserve its own citizenry. And it instead becomes all suffering is is from the same source. And thus, if we could just make the suffering stop tomorrow by snapping our fingers, leaving Hamas in place to murder babies, that would be fine. Okay, just a little clip there. I don't understand. I I really don't understand what he's getting at there. So basically anytime... I mean, I understand what he's saying. Yeah. (laughs) No, I, I get what he's saying. If you talk but about why attack like Palestinian children are just as important as Israeli children. But when you say that you are putting some blame on Israel for killing Palestinian children, there is and, blame on Israel and, for killing Palestinian and, children and implying that they are doing something wrong in killing Palestinian children. That is wrong. Well, you see, you are more a moral <laughs> equivocator. As he would say, these are not the same because Israel is fighting for the right reasons and Hamas is not. But the problem is, like what Costco said, 
the problem is that Ben is equating civilians to Hamas terrorists. Like it's never sad when Hamas terrorist dies. I don't feel bad at all for a Hamas terrorist dying. Right. What's weird is there's also this weird double standard. So imagine the argument here. It's also wrong when America kills Iraqi children. Yeah, it, it is. Or Syrian children. Like 9-11 was really bad. Also, we killed like hundreds of thousands of civilians in several different countries. To millions. To millions over the years, potentially. Which is wrong. Okay. And that's all so bad. And it's very sad for all of those people. Those people no longer care about whether or not America was attacked or whether or not our government believes in liberty and democracy and their government was a dictatorship. Like, they don't care because they're human beings. In fact, they, a died. lot of them probably wish that they could reinstate Saddam Hussein. They probably do. So it's still sad when that happens. There's this weird double standard here that happens. The Hamas terrorists, the idea is that they like to hide behind civilians uh, they could like hold kids and a gun at the same time. Okay. Now, if you remove the idea of war from that, to me, that is a hostage situation. Exactly. Now, imagine that as a hostage situation. A someone takes hostages in a in New York and they're holding the baby and they got a gun and then you at got a bank. Let's just say at, at a bank, bank. And they're holding the kid and they got a gun. You don't just bomb the building, do you? No. Do you bomb the building when no, someone has hostages? You're like, well, the, the, those... The whole goal is people. to make sure the hostages are safe. <laughs> and so the difference is when you look at the uh, Gazan civilians and you say, well, they should have they should have left. They were warned. What if they can't leave? What if Hamas is blocking them from leaving, which they are actively blocking them from leaving? What if they would get murdered if they spoke out against Hamas, which they would if they were to speak out against Hamas? At this point... Many of the people that are behind become hostages. And now there's a difference because there are Israeli and American hostages currently in Gaza that they're going to be looking for. Now, do you think if they have a building and it's got five Hamas terrorists in it and it's got 10 Israeli hostages in it, do you think they're just going to bomb the building to kill the terrorists? Sounds like they might actually. <laughs> they might. Yeah. <laughs> they might actually do. They shouldn't. But let's stick with but the it idea. It sounds here. like they might. My. My, my guess is that if they knew that there were 10 Israeli hostages in there, they would be more tactical with their operation. And they would try and set up and they would find a way to kill the terrorists and save the hostages. They might even put themselves in direct harm's way while trying to, trying to rescue those hostages. And that's because they're Israeli hostages. But if there were five Hamas terrorists and there were 10 Palestinian civilians who had nowhere else to go... The idea is that you just bomb the building and don't care about it whatsoever anymore. It doesn't matter. And I'm not cool with that. I'm just not. Because their suffrage is different. It, I guess they're different classes of people, apparently. And I, I, I disagree strongly. Yeah. I, I just do. I get it. Israel got attacked. They're going to defend themselves. Defense is still a weird word for it because they're not currently being attacked. So it's like the defending yourself happened while you were being attacked. Now this is revenge currently with, the, with what's happening. And then the, the side note, the second part of that, is that we all know that as they go through there and they kill a bunch of people, there's going to be more Hamas after this than there were before. It, every time they try to kill a few of them, they're going to create six. Every single time. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry. I'm not saying that that's the way I wish it was or that's the way that I've decided it is. That's just the way that it is. And so then you have to ask yourself. Especially doing it this way. Like yeah. Leveling civilization. So then if, you're, if your goal is to eliminate Hamas because they're dangerous, you might have to ask yourself, is the way that we are trying to eliminate Hamas eliminating Hamas? No. Or we is, know. We have years. We have decades of proof of this. Or is ISIS just going to move in? <laughs> Exactly. Or just more people are going to join Hamas or Hezbollah or whatever. That's just, that's the way of the world. It's the truth. And right now this is just revenge. And you're going to try to show them like you never attack us again, but actually they're just going to make a whole bunch more people want to attack them even harder. In different ways. Mm -hmm. So anyway, I guess that's our thoughts on this current war right now, starting off on a Monday. Mm. Thanks, Ben. Way to go. Normally we say thanks, Ben, in a nice way. But today, uh, it's not a nice thanks, Ben. Well, and this is personal for him, obviously. Yeah. Uh, he's Jewish. Mm -hmm. That All Jews think alike. Well, that's not okay. <laughs> um, 
but has family there, I'm sure, and visits there often. In fact, he was there uh, like a day before like a the day attack. before he came home Friday morning because I I remember checking to see. I was like, they freaking attacked while Ben Shapiro was there because he'd been there for a couple of weeks. And um, I was like, man, that's that's nuts. And he went home like Friday morning. They attacked Saturday morning. Just missed him. Mm. You know, if you're them, I don't, I enjoy listening to a show most of the time, but I can't really do it when this kind of stuff is going on because he, he beats the war drum so hard every time. He's in a, he's an Israel and America firster. Absolutely. At, at all costs. It doesn't matter if you murder children <laughs> along with it, as long as you win. We're going to roll through. And I just think there should be, there's got to be a better way. I, there is there a better has, way. It's, there has to be a better way that where we, we're not killing civilians and we're actually, I, I don't know, maybe we should train more people like the Navy SEALs to be more tactical. Yeah. They, you know, they, and try to protect people. They will do it when they find a building of Israeli hostages. They will, they'll do it. They'll try to kill the terrorists and preserve as many of the hostages as they can. Unless they already accidentally blew all of them up. But not whenever it's a Palestinian. Just not going to. I don't think that's right. Because it's somehow they're roped into the guilt because and, and they're not like they lived on the wrong side of the dirt. They're they're roped into the guilt because they elected Hamas back in two thousand six. But I don't know. I think it's fine to question elections. And even if they did vote for them, Hamas said that they were gonna do a lot of things different from what they've actually been doing. Uh, over the years, and they haven't had an election since then. Maybe they would have voted a different way if they would have had elections every four years, but we haven't had any. So yeah. they haven't had any. So I don't know. And I, I mean, some of y'all voted for Bush. That's exactly that's exactly over, what I was killed, about to say. Killed about a million civilians. We, not us, but Americans, have voted for more people that have killed millions more people than Hamas has. Does that mean that any of us deserve to die in any terrorist attack or whatever? And any country wants to start bombing us? Well, they voted for Obama. They voted for Bush. They voted for so whoever. Then, so then by by proxy, you we support condone it, whatever our government did. Violence. And there's a real question. And that's ridiculous. Well, there's a real question, Charlie. Is it? We talked about this last week. We keep letting this go on. Charlie, our government murders hundreds of thousands of civilians around the world. What are we doing? We just walk around laughing like nothing's going on. Everything's fine. We're not cracking open that empty safe over there anytime. Because it's empty. Because <laughs> it's empty. We're like, oh yeah, they're killing some people all around the world. You know, what are you going to do? You know, at what point are you morally culpable in the actions? What can you do? We do the show because we do feel like it, but we want to talk about it and we want to grow a movement to stop them from doing that by in peaceful means. Are you calling you know? for the boog? No, no, I would never. Because safe is empty. I can't. I'd have to go over to Palestine to get some M4s. Yeah. I don't even know what the boog is. I've just I've never heard, heard of her. Well, I mean, I've heard people say it, but I don't know what it means. <laughs> Okay, let's get into the main topic. I, I know it was short for booger. Everyone is so <laughs> everyone's so eager to get to this next topic. It's something that we talk about all. Well, first off, let me preface it with a few tweets. Are you ready? Yes. Here's one from Robert Reich. Is this today? Today's the 16th. How about that? He said, "Here's the truth about tax cuts for the rich. They explode the federal debt, fuel giant profits at the biggest firms and financial institutions, stoke a surge in billionaire wealth, but do nothing for average working people. Nothing trickles down. See where we're going here, Charlie. Mm -hmm. That's why the poorest among us have Netflix, a car, <laughs> usually three square meals a day. I don't know why they're round. They're or square. They're not, they're round. not round. I want yeah. mine to be round. Three square. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know? Uh, they have homes. Most. Most people. Yeah. Statistically. Mm -hmm. uh, even some of the poorest among us. The Washington Post. Here's a, an old article of theirs. You'll, you'll understand once we get there. The Washington Post says, Analysis. Trickled down tax cuts made the rich richer, but are of no value to the overall economy, study finds. Which, by the way, trickle down is made up. It's a, it's a made up thing. Yeah. Ronald Reagan never even used the words, I don't think. We've talked about it before it's an idea 
based, it's an idea that comes from people who think that everything you have in life must be given to you by something else. And so when you cut taxes, like for people starting businesses, you're thinking in terms of how is someone going to give me something? And so they think, well, if they cut taxes, I guess that means someone's directly going to give me a higher wage. How do people get money? Well, it must be because you took an action up here and then that's how I get stuff. That's how they think about the economy in general. It's never about creation, you know, never about growing things. And, and it is a made up term from, uh, yeah, during the, during the eighties is when it was used. It's also, it's hard to quantify like how much richer we are. Like, cause I mean, if you think about, I don't know, let's say AT&T got a tax cut and therefore they were able to lay more internet lines back in the nineties or early two thousands or whatever. Like what is the cost benefit to mm-hmm. those people having access to the internet during that time period that AT&T was able to do because they got a tax cut. Yeah. And there are. What, it's, it's impossible to quantify. Not impossible. We don't do a good job of quantifying those types of things. And that happens in all kinds of industries, by the way. You know, you know, it it's not get- just like, I, oh, I, I pay less taxes. Therefore I can hire more workers. I can, whatever. you can invest into the business. You can invest into new technology. You can mm-hmm. invest in the new ways of doing things. Which makes everyone richer. It actually does, in a way, I like to say it trickles out. It creates more opportunities. It doesn't trickle down, it trickles out. (laughs) You know? From the middle out. It's hard to quantify because it's not shown in our income statistics. But uh, when the Trump tax cuts went through, HCA, who my wife was working for, sent out the letter to all the employees and said, because of the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act, we are going to be paying off all of your student loans. And so they didn't just give everyone a lump sum. They paid everyone monthly, you know, so you didn't just quit as soon as you got the money or anything. But because literally because of the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act, my wife from that point on didn't have to pay for any more of her student loans. HCA paid them off. And they said that they did that because of the money they saved in taxes. Why didn't she pay it forward? She probably did because she didn't have more money to spend on other things. She said, we save more money, stuff like that. And then that created more opportunities for for other people in the economy. Hmm? Less trips to Target based on that? I feel like that would equate to more more trips. More, but I'd say there's more money left to save too. Target got to hire another person. You put money in the bank, they can lend that out to other people to get cars and houses and stuff like that. And then Target got to hire someone else specifically because she was going there more often. There's... So no it did telling, trickle out. There's no telling how many jobs my wife has created at Target. It, it's hard to quantify. At least a whole store, <laughs> I bet. <laughs> Speaking of AT&T, at the same time, AT&T handed out a $1,000 bonus to oh, all yeah. of their employees. A lot of people did bonuses. All of them. Specifically due to the tax cuts. Washington Post says, opinion, trickle-down economics is a nightmare. Kansas proved it. Okay, so now we talked about trickle-down, which leads us to the topic du jour of the day. And it is, you're welcome, NFL fans, Taylor Swift. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so glad Travis Kelsey put her on the map. (laughs) No one knew who she was before Travis, you know, the two-time Super Bowl winning tight end. It's a great marketing ploy by her team to get herself attached to an NFL player. I know. That way people would... You'd see her name around and now, out there. And so she's part of the of global stuff. NFL brand. <laughs> if it wasn't for that, who would have known? Seriously, though, do you think that they're like really together? Or is this just the most genius marketing plan that there's ever been? They look like they're kin. I've seen movies where it looked like people were kin, you know? <laughs> I mean, they are. I'm just saying. Yeah. NFL making some money off of this thing mm-hmm. right now, you know? crazy That's, well obviously taylor is too because her she a lot more too, viewers apparently now. i guess so yeah. <laughs> okay so this tweet and then the article that we will look at yeah she just had a movie come out just like uh tactical warlock said the movie came out over the weekend it was number one in the box office did 92 million dollars over the weekend it's the second biggest opening for a movie in october in history second to joker with joaquin phoenix just um, behind Barbie, I'm sure. Well, it didn't is, open in October. I know, but this is the new Barbie movie. Basically. <laughs> same, same. This people. is the year of movies for women. It is. <laughs> Man, woman power right now. Barbie's a now swifty. Um, Taylor, two million bucks, huh? Ninety-two million dollar. 
Man, it probably would have only been like 50 had she not started mm-hmm. dating Kelsey. 92 million, by the way, roughly the amount of money that's spent at every single Taylor Swift show on tickets and merch and hotels and food. It's about $92 million per show that gets spent. Jesus. Yeah. So. JC of LDS. From the Washington Post. We did something wrong in music. I know. I know. Yeah. Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift is adding it. Those are oddly placed stars. (sighs) Taylor Swift (laughs) is adding billions to the U.S. economy. Her record-shattering eras, eras? Eras. Eras tour. I didn't know if it was like some kind of Greek thing or whatever. No, she's like basically going through her eras. I gotcha. Yeah. Like I'm... Like in my, I'm in my Swifty era. Okay. You know? You're just playing like greatest hits or something? I'm in, I'm in my, you know, <clears throat> anti-toxicity era. <laughs> Her record-shattering eras tour is set to be the most lucrative concert run in American history. Also infusing the American economy with a trickle-down flow of cash. <laughs> so we have found the one thing that does trickle down into the American economy. Swift concerts. It is the wealth generated by Taylor Swift <laughs> trickles down into the American. So economy. now the Washington Post is fine. <laughs> trickle down, trickle is down. A thing. Yeah. If it comes from Taylor Swift. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. So I want to look at this. Uh, this pretty is it cool just article. American history? Wouldn't this not be world? Like, is know, there a worldwide people, concert that's bigger than this? People in other countries, I mean, they go, you know, crowds in other countries are like you know, bigger. In the U.S., you know, okay. Massive. Mm. I don't know. I don't. Mm. I don't know. Tell you the truth. Okay, uh, the economy. Taylor's version. Uh, so we'll go through some of the money. I f- I found this pretty interesting. Do do some lines here, Charlie. All right, call it a gold rush. Taylor Swift is adding billions to the U.S. economy. Swift's record-shattering <clears throat> era's tour is set to be the most lucrative concert run in American history. But the massive production not only provided a jolt of money to sold-out stadiums, it also infused the American economy with a trickle-down flow of cash. That's the Washington Post's words, not mine. Back to the article. Now, as the show heads to movie theaters this weekend, millions more will experience and shell out cold, hard cash for a moment with Swift. As she hits the silver screen, here's a look at the economy. Taylor's version, which is a play on... Mm. Or re-recording all of mm. her songs. The biggest windfall no, is see, headed, I, I didn't catch that because I I'm not up on all I'm she re Swifty like you are. She re-recorded all of her songs <clears throat> so that even because Scooter Braun owns the masters, mm. and, you know, for all taking of, too much money. Mm-hmm. I got so you. she re-recorded her own version mm-hmm. and released those. I got you. They Probably sound, made some money off of that. They sound almost the same. Okay. But slightly different. Same, but still different. Mm-hmm. Okay. The biggest windfall is headed straight to Swift, who stands to make as much as $4.1 billion from the Eras Tour, according to estimates from Peter Cohen, an associate professor of management at Babson College. Okay, so if so we can trust, <laughs> give or take a yeah. few billion. She's going to make. I mean, you can look at the, you can, they break down the prices of the tickets and, and all that and what the, the standard cut would be for the artists mm-hmm. and all that as they go through. Um, so she's adding billions to the U.S. economy. Now, the, not to get too much into the weeds here, but sure, sure, people are going out and spending a bunch of money, okay? They're spending money that, you know, they have. They're going to spend it. Did you of see some of these Taylor tickets Swift. that people are... And uh, Oh, yeah. It's expensive. Yeah. I mean, the regular price <laughs> tickets are expensive. Yeah. But the resale... That's like twelve, thirteen hundred bucks or more. Average resale. Yeah. On there. Some people are paying ten, fifteen, twenty thousand dollars. Now see this person on a state, you can't even touch her. Now, immediately when I see something like she's gonna make four point one billion dollars from the heiress tour, this is wage theft. <laughs> this is greed. She's making at least How a can- thousand times more. Then, then the average what does the worker average on the Eras tour. I saw that people at the stadiums were getting paid 20 bucks an hour to work at the stadiums on the tour. And you see how much money she's getting paid to do this tour? It's unfair. This is ridiculous. They should how go unfair on strike. this is. Hmm. 
Not really. She should make whatever amount of money she wants. The bigger problem is with why no one ever feels this way about artists or about athletes. Because they have no logical consistency. <laughs> That's why. It's whatever they feel. There's no... You actually... Nate actually went Facebook viral with this... It was our first viral post. Cons with this comparison. Say Nate. It was, it was Good Morning Liberty. Well, but you created it, so I'll give you the... Well, I mean, that goes without saying. Right? I'll give you, you know, the create. I said it was Good Morning Liberty. I'll give you the creative credit. <laughs> um, but it is true. For some reason, artists get a pass. Mm -hmm. You know, Taylor Swift and all your other, you know, athletes, they all get a pass. You know, the athletes like security or like people who like... What, what does their chef make, you think? I mean, I'm sure they're all making great money, but it's, yeah, it's but imagine nothing compared to what she's making an hour. If you're LeBron James, and let's say you pay your home chef, you know, $150,000 a year to be your personal in-home chef. chef mm -hmm. You know? That's inequality. What's, that's a huge wealth yeah. disparity. And LeBron James has to have food, so the chef is just as important as LeBron James is. And without the food, LeBron James would die. He'd be nothing. He'd be dead. <laughs> it's very important. Yeah. The farmers who make the food, they all need to be getting paid the same. Exactly. Jeez. It's, but they can't make that correlate. It's only, it's only CEOs. It's Just, only CEOs. Speaking of CEOs, you know, everyone... Is she not the CEO? Is Taylor Swift not the CEO of Taylor oh, Swift? She's CEO of being the queen of being the whatever the people are saying these days on TikTok. Yeah. She's the CEO of Queen. And she's CEO of Swifton. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how to talk. It's... <laughs> kids these days i don't know how to do it she's the ceo of concerts <laughs> <laughs> all concerts so uh, by the way you were talking about she's C the ceo ceq there you go chief executive queen the uaw strike and these uh the ceo of the big three um the uh, big three auto manufacturers if you take their ceo pay which includes all their compensation from stocks and stuff like that on paper Take all, right. all of their wealth. All of it. If you take all of their pay that everyone's mad about, they make three of them combined about $70 million a year. And like this is shutting down the industries because people aren't getting paid enough. Those people make like 30, 40 bucks an hour, some of them. Now you got people working at concert venues for 20 bucks an hour while CEQ's making 4.1 bill off the entire thing just for herself. Mm -hmm. Inequality. Which is... It's fine. Inequality. <laughs> All right. And actually, so logically consistent, as Nate is saying, we exactly, she should make that much. Mm -hmm. She should make probably more. I'd have got her 10. I'd have, yeah. Mm -hmm. If I was running the concerts, she would, would walk, <laughs> walk away with 10 billion in her own pocket. <clears throat> but, you know, she's walking away with 4.1. That's not bad. That's not bad. After taxes, okay. she'll still have like 2 billion That's left okay. over. Be fine. Mm -hmm. All right, that's assuming the pop star ends up uh, ends up keeping the standard artist share of roughly 85% of her tour's revenue with average ticket prices of $456. Swift's earnings would be the most from a single tour for any musical act to date and more than the yearly economic output of 42 countries, including Liberia, which has more than 5 million people. Why don't all these people going to see Taylor Swift just take all that money know, and just give it to Liberia? All of these Swifties are going to be tweeting this article celebrating I know. the CEQ, you know, the chief executive <laughs> queen for being such a boss bitch. <laughs> and that's not my words. I'm not calling her no, no, word. It's, just, it's in the article. That's mom. a term of endearment. <laughs> But the impact of the Eras Tour extends far beyond what Swift takes home. In one of the few efforts to assess spending by concert goers, software company Question, Question Pro quizzed about 600 Swifties who responded to an opt-in online survey based on their answers. So take this with a grain of salt. Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, and, average, and average concert attendance, the company estimates that Swift's fans spent about $93 million per show on tickets, but also merchandise, travel, hotels, food, and outfits. I know some people that are going to New Orleans to see Taylor Swift next October. Jeez. Yeah. Next that's, October. That's plan. I don't even know if I'm going to be alive by then. Yeah. You know? Add all that up, and by the end of the U.S. tour, you've got a $5.7 billion boost to the country's economy. That's enough to give $440 to each person in Swift's home state of Pennsylvania. 
or almost enough to send every American a $20 bill. Why didn't she do that? I don't know. Why She's greedy. Every... That's why. Yeah, exactly. Why didn't all these people just give all their money and then they just divide it out amongst everyone in America? You know, mm. that would have been a way better idea for them to do. Mm. <laughs> it is crazy how they talk about this boost to the country's economy. They don't use the words trickle down anymore in this article, by the way, but that is what they're talking about. And what they mean is uh, by her going around and doing this thing that she does, there's people that are working at hotels and restaurants and, and uh, at the concert venues. And then there's also people who make merchandise and people who have their own Etsy shops dedicated to selling stuff to Swift, Swifties, Swifties, Swifties. Mm -hmm. Okay. Is there a company called Swifties? She's, there has she's to be. the queen of the Swifties. Okay. I gotcha. <laughs> yeah. Queen. Not the sorrow uh, suckers. The, the Swifties. It's the Swifties. <laughs> the, mania, the mania began months before the March kickoff of the era's tour. Pre-sale tickets went on sale in November, sending millions of fans into a frenzy and causing Ticketmaster to crash. A class action, a class action lawsuit and a congressional inquiry followed. A congressional inquiry. <laughs> Congress investigated. It's very important. The Ticketmaster for the sale. On behalf of the Swifties. Of Taylor Swift tickets. Yeah. They want to get on that Swifty money, man. Tickets, which started at $49, sold for many multiples of their face value on resale sites like SeatGeek. Hey, a ticket starting at $49? The average ticket resale price on SeatGeek was $1,611. The burst of spending has revived the entertainment industry after a years-long pandemic slump. Swift and her era's tour have redefined entertainment economics. That's the director of growth marketing at SeatGeek. The tour's economic boost spread far past the walls of Swift Stadium venues as fans traveled from near and far to any show they could get their hands on. The Federal Reserve Bank of Philadelphia even put the Swift effect in a report, saying concert goers provided a sizable boost to hotel revenue in May. They probably price gouged and raised their room rates up. But it was fine because they were getting to see Taylor Swift. Exactly. <laughs> Hotels, restaurants, and shops around the country felt the upswing with millions of dollars flowing into the 20 U.S. cities Swift visited this summer. <laughs> now, hold on. Why isn't, why isn't a $1,600 ticket? I mean, someone went on there and bought it. They paid $1,600. That was the average resale price, wasn't it? Is yeah, that what that said? that's average. Average ticket resale price on SeatGeek. Mm -hmm. Is that price gouging? It's got to be. It's see how it's crazy the differences when you're talking about people buying things or people producing things for people to take home versus people freely giving their money to go listen to a person sing on a stage. And they clearly get it when it's Taylor Swift and yeah. everything's fine. They're like, oh, yeah, I really want that. That person wants it and I want it. And I'm going to pay more than them because there's a limited amount of things right here. There's only one seat. And so I'm going to pay $1,600, $2,000, whatever it is to go here. That's fine because I want to pay for it and I really want this. They're... But not for gas. And the thing is, like that exact same <laughs> or argument. Or water. That, not for like life. <laughs> not to live. $1,600 for an MRI to find my cancer? <laughs> What? That you're going to cure? <laughs> so I can live another day? No, I want to see Taylor Swift. I mean, I'm going to watch her through my phone because I want my phone out the entire freaking time. I'm not even actually going to. So like everyone knows there. I'm there. Be on my Instagram stories. It's all about. <laughs> and that's the thing. Like all the stuff that we talk about, it's all about what we value. And it's all about whether or not. We have envy or anger or hatred or whatever towards the person that's providing whatever the product or service it is. These Swifties, they see Taylor Swift as so important to them that they would go spend a few hours at a concert venue and they would spend thousands upon thousands of dollars to get that. And it and everything's fine. Everyone, they're, they're, they're bragging about it. Everyone's happy about it. She's stimulating the economy, you know? But to get an MRI. Yeah, but to, but to save your life, that's too much money. Too expensive. To get a generator when there's no power, that's too expensive. Can't do it. And price I should gouging. get that for free. Mm -hmm. it's, I'm owed that. God. Yeah. It is, and this is, this is why it's so important we talk about logical consistency, because we can talk about this and say, good for her. Great. Logically 
consistently, this is awesome. And I hope more artists can look at someone like Taylor Swift and be like, I could do that one day. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. that's my dream to be bigger than Taylor Swift. Because before Taylor Swift, there was somebody that was bigger than that. I know. And Taylor Swift had a dream saying, I want to be the biggest female queen artist there is out there. And she's accomplished that. Is it fair that Taylor Swift is getting paid so much more money than other female artists that are out there right now? Or other artists in general? There's lots of artists out there who don't even have a song on the radio. You know, like, think and about, she has all of her songs on the radio. Think about what she is making, I mean, compared to a teacher. I think every teacher should be making $4.1 billion this season, you know, this school year. Yeah. How is it that Taylor Swift gets that? And the answer is, oh, I mean, people say some kind of ridiculous thing like that. Like, oh, we've got millionaires out there uh, playing on the field, playing a sport. You know, teachers ought to be making that much money. Like, okay, well, guess what? No one's paying to watch teachers teach a class. You know, that's not that's not what it is. That's not what's happening. They're paying to watch these people play sport or paying to watch Taylor Swift do this. But what about what Taylor Swift gets paid versus what's another female artist? I don't well, who's another I, one. Mm. Do it does do any more exist? Off the top of my head, I, I don't Ashley McBride. Beyonce. There we go. Well, that's another pretty big one, actually. She probably makes close, but Taylor Swift makes more because she's white. You know, and so mm. we got a, probably a racist aspect yeah. going on right now. But why is it that they don't get paid the same? It's unfair. They both do a lot of work. They go up there. They go on the stage. Britney Does Spears? one of them sing harder than the other one? Look at all the work Britney Spears is putting in her home videos. You know, they're getting dangerous all of a sudden. She's got knives <laughs> whipping around and stuff, you know? She's, she's putting it all on the line. And she's not making <laughs> $4.1 You know? It's not fair. It's what... it's. It's what people value and people are freely choosing what they value more. You know, I was in a band that had a female lead singer. Are we up, we upset that we're not getting the same amount as you should be. Taylor, I'm very <laughs> upset. Actually, I'm writing, I'm going to contact the manager of music about no. this. No. Okay. Anything hmm. else important here? More money. If you want to know about more money. I don't know. We remember we covered a little bit of the Britney story. Did we? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Free maybe, Britney. Maybe the conservator was right. <laughs> <laughs> maybe they were like, ah, oh, this is for a good reason. Yeah. Yeah. Turns out her dad was right. Yeah. Still wrong. <laughs> I know. But, I know. But maybe she does need something. I don't know. <clears throat> anyway, in Los Angeles, where Swift performed six shows, six, sold out six shows in a row. The California Center for Jobs and Economy predicted a $320 million boost to the county. The county. Kansas City Tourism Organization Visit uh, Visit KC said the region got an estimated $48 million. Uh, Denver would add up to $140 million statewide. The era's tour was shot in the arm to a part of the regional economy that's really been lagging. It brought some much-needed dollars to the tourism industry. And, and the, the part that was lagging was getting people to turn over their money for... A, not actually receiving any physical product in return. Like you just, it's really tough with other businesses. I mean, listen, I used to play music. So did Charlie. I'm not really dogging on the idea of paying for music. I wish people would, would have paid me more seriously, but I mean, cause then I wouldn't be think about like (laughs) this part of the economy is getting people to turn over their money. And like, you don't actually give them something to take in return. It's just an experience. Well, unless you're buying like a t-shirt or something. Well, yeah, those things. And that's the part that they have, helped with a, a there's they got stories in here of people uh 208 million dollars estimated additional hotel room revenue also remember during the pandemic everything was shut down mm-hmm. like, forcefully like you couldn't go to a hotel probably if you wanted to they got people who make bracelets this person with her mom made fifteen thousand dollars this year selling bracelets okay that's great i i love all of that stuff What's what's also a great boost to people's economy is when someone goes in and starts a business and they create stuff that other people need, you know, and they give people jobs and they and they work and they they build those things in the economy. People come in and build homes. But those people are and their kids go to school here. But those people and those kids join up and play baseball or whatever. They're yeah. spending money. They're demonized for doing what they do. You know, you're not going to get this article about Jeff Bezos. Maybe you will. It's the Washington Post. Providing products and services that actually like help your life. Mm-hmm. I mean, these and people maybe, get these people. 
you know, they get a boost in their life. And maybe, yeah, maybe, maybe experiencing Taylor live actually motivates you to create the best life possible. I don't know. Or just that experience, I haven't like been, going on a vacation. I haven't you know? been to that experience. <laughs> I don't know what it's like. I haven't Although either. I can tell you when I was younger, I had a, I had a big crush on Taylor. Did you? I did. Or like when you were 34? I imagined, <laughs> I imagined she, she probably wrote the song Wildest Dreams <clears throat> about me. You know, actually, I think it was about Travis Kelsey, but yeah, I think, I think it was about. I thought me. it was about Jake so- Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah, no, I, I like to think it's about me. I, I <laughs> you know, uh, Lacey waited on Taylor Swift one time. At a, was it on her or was she there? She was there with her dad. Close proximity. No, she actually waited on her with. Oh, her like dad. she took her order. Yeah, what'd she order? Oh, I don't know. We should find that out. <laughs> <laughs> That'd anyway, probably be worth some money. She said like, that they were really nice. Yeah. So, Do you know if she had that piece of paper of taking Taylor Swift's order back then? <laughs> that'd probably be worth some money. Oh, I'm sure I can go find that at home for exactly. sure. The time that she wrote down Taylor Swift's order. Mm. I'll find that for sure. Yeah. Okay, anyway, the basic idea here is... Um, Taylor Swift is hot. <laughs> that's, that's what we've arrived at today. <laughs> no, these are Clearly, just... Clearly, she's making $4.1 billion. I mean... It's not... A, it's apparently not unfair for her to go and make $4 billion from this concert tour. And it's not, she's the one who's generating all of that value. People are going there to see her. You know, that's the argument that people will make for artists and for athletes and all that. But also there's a lot of businesses that wouldn't exist if someone wouldn't have put up the money and the capital and they wouldn't have had the ideas to start it. They wouldn't have revolutionized an industry like Bezos did or like Elon Musk did or something like that. But you end up hating those people, even though there are de facto thousands of people working for Taylor Swift who are, much more unequal compared to what she's making from these concerts than there are people who well, are working for Bezos or Musk that are unequal to what they're getting paid. But let's bring it back to tax cuts real quick. Let's wrap mm-hmm. this all the way now. Trickle, let's trickle it back down to this idea. You have to remember that for whatever evil Scooter Braun did, that Scooter Braun took a chance on Taylor. Who's Scooter Braun? He's the one who basically put Taylor Swift on the map oh, okay. when she was younger. Big Machine? Yeah, that's okay. Scooter Braun, isn't okay. it? Isn't, do oh, I, I have that know. right? I have no idea. Yeah. Anyway, no he took a chance on her when she was 16. Mm-hmm. I think she did her first record deal when she was 16. Now, she had a publishing deal from Sony when she was like 14 as a songwriter, but I'm pretty sure it was Scooter Braun from Big Machine took a chance on her. Hit it big. Obviously, Big Machine became big. Mm-hmm. They became a big and machine, a machine. A, and a machine after that. Anyway, um, but ima- okay, let's imagine that Scooter Braun had some money. I think he did. Obviously, he started a record label. And then, but let's say taxes were like 60, 70%. And he was like, ah, oh, I can only sign like, you know, two artists right now. And mm-hmm. imagine he didn't sign Taylor Swift back then. Yeah. Now, look at all of the stuff that Taylor Swift has created since then. Now, I'm not saying that she wouldn't have made it without him. It's not what I'm, don't, don't hear what I'm not saying. Mm-hmm. Okay. But imagine Taylor Swift needed some capital when she first started to get some records recorded, some songs recorded to kind of jumpstart her career to what it is today. And imagine that never took place because taxes were too high. <laughs> I'm serious. I know it's true. And that's the world that's, like you're, I, that's wraps it all the way back to the beginning. You're going like Atlas shrugged right now or something. Yes. You know, like imagine the, that world. So it's all you un- Swifties should be thankful. Imagine all the artists that didn't get signed because there were still taxes or there were still things that people couldn't pay for. We are probably missing out on the biggest artist who ever was mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. they're still writing songs in their basement and never got there. Mm. How about that? Yeah. That's sad. I'm sitting across from one <laughs> who never got yeah. that chance because taxes were too high. <laughs> that was actually what happened. Yeah. We got that last tax bill and yeah. we were like, guys, we got to hang it up. We get mm-hmm. to hang up our guitars and go back to... Paying taxes. And now he comes over to my house and plays my guitar. And, you know, he could be one of the biggest artists in the world. We do need to go back to explaining how all the regulations raise prices in health. We haven't done a good healthcare episode in a long time. And that used to be our bread and butter. Still is. People need to know. Mm -hmm. But we, I think we talked about healthcare so much for like the first two years that we were a podcast that we're like, okay. This is your first time living, living. It's everyone's first time living that we know of. Mm-hmm. If this is your first time living and listening to Good Morning Liberty, thanks that, that we're done after this. So. <laughs> but there's over a thousand because episodes. Because we have to pay taxes. Yeah, there's over a thousand <laughs> episodes 
that you can go listen to. Then just, you know, search healthcare. 1,091 episodes. 1,090. We're going to do Nate Fest soon mm-hmm. for the 1,000 episodes. Of 2,000th episode, I'm gonna we'll do Nate Fest. I'm going to host here. At your house. No, I'm talking like in the next month or so. <laughs> what if we did... Don't set yourself up for failure. What if we did like a, a, a Good Morning Liberty Friendsgiving? That's a terrible time of the year to try and get people to come what? and travel and stuff. What? No. No. Yeah, er, people like have, early November. Like holiday season starts. How about I'm going to put it on and whoever can make it can make it and whoever can't, can't. And it's on them. Well, I want more people to be here. I, I just want people to come visit. Yeah. Okay. Me in my home. Or we'll do it. You sure house. you don't want to wait till after November for that? It's, November will be fine. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Tom says no. Other people are saying no. <laughs> Everyone's saying you no. You got some quick RSVPs on that one. So it'll be me <laughs> and Parker. Yeah, and I'm busy that weekend too. Yeah. Um. Anyway, is that all the time we have? Yes, it's time to go home. Um, are you done talking about Taylor? I'm. I'm so over Taylor right yeah. now. Over it. It's a good. It's a good article though. Mm-hmm. You know, Washington Post hates trickle down until it comes to Taylor Swift. Which is the only trickle down that works. That's why I think we should change it to trickle out. Mm-hmm. From the, from the bottom up and the middle trickle out. There you go. Just like build back better. Exactly. All right, y'all. If you enjoyed today's episode, keep it to yourself. That's the best, <laughs> it's the best kept secret. Sh- shut your mouth. <laughs> it's the best kept secret in the whole liberty movement. You know, if you love liberty, then keep it to yourself. Don't tell anyone about it Mm-mm. because then until it's too late, what you want to do is you want to wait until you live in a socialist hellscape and then start telling your friends that you about, knew all along. about really good libertarian <laughs> shows that they should listen to. That you knew yeah. all along mm-hmm. that you had the answers, <laughs> but you don't want to tell anybody the answers. No, no. Keep it to yourself. Um, if you, if you don't want to, then go leave us, leave us a nasty review. Actually. Terrible reviews. I want, don't even put, if you can do zero stars, do zero. Yeah. Because I don't believe I deserve it. You should that. actually petition Apple to remove our podcast. <laughs> from and Spotify. Yeah. Yeah. Because quite frankly, <laughs> this is the end. All right. And uh, you should not go get any, go get t- some of Taylor's merch. She's hurting for don't cash. Buy our, don't buy our merch. Buy hers. She needs yeah. it. Hers is way better. Ours doesn't doesn't stimulate the economy yeah. like <laughs> hers does. Means something more, probably. So I'm sure you could go to TaylorSwift.com or search her on Google. I'm sure her merch store will pop up. You wouldn't want to go to GodHatesFeds.com because that that merch is no good compared to Swifty merch. Obviously. And uh you don't want to be part of this live group. Um don't go to joingml.com. And if you listen to everything I say and don't do anything, then we might be back again tomorrow. Until then, I hope you have a good day and a good morning, Liberty. <laughs>